Hey there, I'm Amanda Boleyn, and I am obsessed with all things time management, productivity, systems, and routines. I am so excited that you are here. If you are ready to say goodbye to overwhelm, you are in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome back to the Attention Audit Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Bolin, and I am so happy that you are joining me today. How are you doing? Can you believe that we are halfway through November? I feel like, I know I say that almost every time I get on the podcast, but it truly is just a phenomenon at how fast this is flying by. And today I am excited to share with you things that I do to make my life easier. And this podcast episode was inspired by a good friend of mine, Natalie Bacon. She has her own podcast where it's called Design Your Dream Life and she is a life coach for mamas and it is truly incredible. Even if you're not a parent, even if you don't have kids, you're not in a relationship, still the tools that she teaches are absolutely incredible. And when she did her own episode on things that she does in her life that makes her life easier, it really inspired me to think about like, what are some of the things that I do to make my life easier? And I want to bring it to the Attention Audit podcast in hopes that maybe they inspire ways for you to make your life just a little bit easier, whether it's personal and or business. And so I'm excited to share with you some of these and I'm going to kind of double click into them. And I believe I've got 12 of them that I'm going to share today. So let's go ahead and dive in. And in no particular order, by the way, the first thing that I do that I believe makes my life easier is I purposely schedule in buffers and downtime on to my calendar. I do not stack my calendar back to back for eight, nine hours straight. And the reason why I don't do this is because I used to do this and it would get me into trouble in terms of feeling very overwhelmed and just completely booked. And if something took longer to accomplish or there was a fire that I needed to put out, it would cause this domino effect of being behind quote unquote. And it just left me feeling very stressed and overwhelmed. And it left me in this space of feeling like I can't catch my breath. And so I've really started to make sure that I've got white space in my calendar. And one thing that you can do just to get started is leave 30 minutes at the start of your day and 30 minutes at the end of your day to allow for flexibility and things to happen and white space for ebb and flow so that maybe you're not going back to back. And I kind of like this because what happens is, is that when you don't schedule back to back and you may like first at first time when you don't schedule back to back, you think, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to get it all done? And I think that's actually a beautiful crossroad or cross point because then it forces you to really look at what is most important for you to get done. The second thing I do is I do meal prep. Now, let me say meal prep varies differently in terms of definition from one person to the next. Sometimes I do meal prep for like the whole week, basically Monday through Thursday. But oftentimes what I do is I like to prep either the day before or throughout the day when I have pockets of time. Now, again, I work from home where I have pockets of time where I have 10 minutes in between a call and I could try to do something, let's say check email or work on something, but I actually need to change up my energy and get away from the computer. So I'll go downstairs and I'll turn on the oven. I'll cut up veggies and get them ready to go to put in the oven. And I find that doing things like this can be really helpful from just getting ahead of it and not being left to think about, okay, in the moment of what am I going to eat and make choices that maybe you wouldn't necessarily make had you planned. The other thing that I like doing is the night before. So things like prepping 
breakfast for my daughter and I, we just made these like overnight oats that I threw in the oven the next day. So we got to do that together. And so just doing something easy that you can prep the night before or the one morning before I left for my workout, I was able to prep an egg bake so that when I came home, I just threw it in the oven and it was ready to go when everyone was up for breakfast. What I will say if you're like, oh my gosh, meal prep feels very overwhelming. One thing that I love to do is I use an ingredient in my refrigerator or in my kitchen. And then I go on Pinterest and I type in that like food. It might be like egg sausage or it might be eggs. Like what can I make with eggs? And I type that into Pinterest and then I get a lot of ideas and it takes me less than five minutes to be like, okay, great. I'm going to use that recipe. So using Pinterest has also made my life easier because I don't have to think about recipes. I just pick an ingredient and then I type it into Pinterest and then I get ideas and then I pick one. The third thing I do is I calendar block and use a di- like with that, use a digital calendar. As you all know, if you've been following along, I absolutely love calendar blocking. I have a whole course on it where I teach about calendar blocking and this has been a game changer. I've been calendar blocking for about four years now and I can't even begin to imagine what life was like before then. And I'll say the way I teach it, there's really three different ways in which you calendar block because everyone's schedule and circumstances are different. And so one way may not be the best way or most efficient for you. And so if you feel like you're stuck when it comes to calendar blocking, it's possible that you may want to try a different variation of how you calendar block. And what I love about this is there's a couple different things. One, I can realistically budget and plan my time and my days around, okay, here's what I want to accomplish by the end of the week. Let me plan it on my calendar. And then what that does is it crowds out all the trivial things that could be a distractions. The second thing that I love about it is that my husband and I operate off of a shared personal calendar and a shared childcare calendar. So anytime one of us has something going on that the other one needs to know is like an FYI, or if we have date night, or if we are traveling or have vacation or anything, we put it on the calendar and we share it with the other person. Same thing with childcare. We both have visibility as to who is watching Bowie when, whether it's myself or my husband or one of our nannies that we have for her. Like it's all very visible and it's centralized to the digital calendar. We do not use paper planner. There is no like calendar thing that we look at. We 100% make the decision to operate off the digital calendar. Number four, this is really helpful. Things I do that make my life easier is being really clear on priorities and values. This was something that I, you know, wasn't necessarily the most clear on in the past, even six months ago. And it made it really challenging. And it was, I was kind of burning myself out and this has really been, it's, it's changed it a lot. And so getting clear on priorities and values and for the season. So we're coming up to the holiday season. What I value most is just maintaining. And what I mean by that is I'm not going gangbusters on trying to grow the business in the last two months. Now, am I still doing things that help the business grow? Yes, but I'm just purposely deciding to let it kind of be on autopilot. My priorities are rooted in my family and the experiences that we have together and enriching that and along with health, right? Because I think during the holiday season, it's easy to burn both ends of the candlestick. There's a lot of holiday parties and engagements. There's drinking It's staying up late. And so really putting the health first along with the family and then just maintaining and that is it. And so because I know that I can make decisions from those values and be able to filter through that lens. Number five is I get up before 6 a.m. 
And this is something that I've started doing since we got back to Charleston after kind of like summer. So probably in September, I started getting up right around 6 a.m. And lately, the past few weeks, month, it's been around like 5 a.m. or 5.15. And I've always been a morning person, so I really appreciate that. And I know not everyone is a morning person. And what I will say is that when I was pregnant and postpartum and then along with the summer, I was waking up when Bowie was waking up. And it was just, I always felt rushed. I never felt like I could get ahead. And it was always a little bit of chaos and I hated it. And so the past month, like I said, I've been intentional about getting up between like that 5, 5.30 range, either for me time or for work time, or I do a workout before Bowie starts her day around seven. And it has been a game changer. And I think even if you don't have children, getting up earlier, I know I kind of, you know what, I'm a little torn. I go back and forth because there were seasons of my life where I'm like, no, I'm sleeping in and, and that was perfect. But I can say for this season, for me, what's made my life easier personally is getting up earlier and with that, going to bed earlier. Number six, setting out my clothes the night before. And I like doing this because it makes it so that there's no drama of what I'm supposed to wear or should wear or need to wear. And it reduces that decision fatigue and makes it for a quicker morning. I also set out my workout clothes. This is something that's really helpful. So I set out my workout clothes and then I also hang up like and set out my regular day clothes. And then that way it's just like, nope, this is what I'm wearing. And it takes a lot of the drama out for me. Also with that, I think kind of as a subtext to the clothes is kind of having a more condensed wardrobe has been really helpful. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit in another one, but that has been really helpful because I'm not overwhelmed by all the decisions. I have like few key pieces that yes, I wear and repeat, but I'm totally okay with it. I, it makes my life easier. Number seven, I have learned over time to say no more than I say yes. And this is something that I have had to practice because in my previous years and, and months and whatnot, I've been this people pleaser who said yes out of wanting to please other people or feeling like I should. And now I've gotten way better at identifying, okay, if it doesn't align with the priorities or the values and my goals, like it's okay to say no. I say no a lot to my husband. He's a very social creature and he would, he would be out socializing every single day of the week if he could. And that is just not how I am like designed or operated and especially becoming a parent. I'm like, I love my downtime. So no, thank you. But by all means you can go and being okay with it because it's been really helpful in terms of like mental health, overall energy and just groundedness in my decisions and what I value. Number eight is using a virtual assistant in both personal and professional life. I've shared previously on the podcast how a virtual assistant can be so instrumental in your daily operations, again, whether it's personal or if it's business. And even if it's two hours a week, you can help move some of those things off of your plate and get help from a virtual assistant. And actually, as I'm recording this, I'm going through a 21 day outsourcing challenge where I'm just simply sharing with you 21 things through 21 days on how I am able to get help from my virtual assistants in my business and also personal life simply again to help inspire you and to see different ideas and ways in which you can use a virtual assistant number nine is this is kind of a mindset th uh, shift is really I look for routine to create consistency and flow in the daily and weekly life and overall like a calendar year kind of starting with the big things that happen every year and now for example, you you know there's going to be Christmas, there's Christmas and Thanksgiving assuming you celebrate those, there's always New Year's. If you have children, there's the school calendar and so these natural rhythm and flow start to take place within the calendar. 
And then within the weeks, even kind of identifying where's the rhythm and flow. And so for me, with my client work that I have, oftentimes there's some of the things that are really anchored and I know that they happen weekly. Sometimes I can get asked to do a training last minute, like the week of, or even two weeks before. And so those really ebb and flow. But some of the things like, for example, for a routine is that on Mondays at 9 a.m., um, Bowie and I leave the house. We go for a walk. We walk to the library. We do story time from 930 to 1030. Then we might play afterwards and then we walk home and then we hang out at home and we have lunch and then we do like she has nap time. And so kind of identifying that and there's certain like we go grocery shopping on certain days of the week. There's certain meal prep times or and whatnot. And then we know that we do walks after dinner. So start identifying those routines in your life daily and it could change don't don't worry about like oh if it changes or whatnot but just start to kind of notice can you create rhythm and routine in in your days and your weeks and I feel that makes it easier because then you know what to expect and also it helps you just plan better number 10 this goes back to the close is maintain a minimal lifestyle is something that I feel that has helped make my life easier in a lot of ways and Obviously, the minimalist definition is very subjective and different to everyone and anyone. And so what I may consider minimalist may not be what you consider minimalist. But in this case, for me, we have we are a one car family and I love it. We for a long time, I never had a car when I lived in Chicago. And then when I met Mike, he already had a car and we just kept one car between us. And where we live in Charleston is walking distance to so many things that we only need one car and I love it and it, it's less things to manage. And so that's how we create minimalist and simplicity. And obviously that may not be the case for everyone, but I'm just sharing this is one of the ways that we bring the simplicity into ours. I don't like duplicates of things unless they absolutely need to be a duplicate. If something is got a stain on it or it's broken, it immediately either goes into a donation pile or goes into the trash, constantly keeping a donation box in the house, which is actually number 11, is keeping that donation box in the house. I There's always this flow of kind of like currency of things coming in and things going out. That is by design because I want a minimal wardrobe. I do not want to collect multiple different variations of the same sweater. I just do not. And and that works for me. And everyone's definition is not even definition, but everyone is different. So again, for me, I have found happiness and groundedness and keeping a minimal household and things very simple and also a minimal wardrobe where I try to avoid duplicates. And I really try to assess like, what am I gravitating towards? What am I wearing pretty consistently? And let me focus on those things and maybe I can get it in a different color next season. There's one dress that I wear over and over and it's black and I love it. It's linen. And so for next season, I'm actually going to buy the white version of it because I love it so much. Okay. So those are the things like I just really value getting use out of a lot of things. And number 11, which I talked about is the donation box in the house. There's always a donation box. And then number 12, this is one that is kind of, I, I think it makes our life easier. My life and my husband and our family is we really value experiences over gifts and toys. And so with that, for us, because there's less toys, less stuff, it's, we don't have to manage it all. And it's just, again, coming down to that management. We live 10 minutes away from the Children's Museum, which is another reason why I love our location and, you know, kind of going into like the trade-offs in our house and like, yes, I would love more space. At the same time, we're just so close to so many things that I value the ability to walk a lot of places and provide those experiences. So for 
Christmas and holidays and birthdays, we always suggest even for ourselves as adults, like are there experiences that we can provide ourselves versus things? And that's just something that we value. And even for Bowie of getting her a membership to the aquarium versus more toys, because quite honestly, she just plays with the household toys and whatnot. I think she was helping me unload the dishwasher the other day and just kind of tinkering with the Tupperware and all that stuff. So anyway, I digress, but that's just one way that I believe that we, we do, or I do that helps make our life, my life easier. And again, these are just 12 things that I'm sharing with you. And this podcast episode is designed just to help inspire you to think about what are the things that you do that make your life easier? And what are some things that you could do to make your life easier? So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and definitely check us out. Check me out head to attentionaudit.com and I'm excited to chat with you. Join me over on Instagram for the 21 days of outsourcing where I just share tips and tricks again of how to outsource things in your life personally and also professionally. So with that, I will see you on the next episode, my friend. Take care. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I encourage you to head on over to attentionaudit.com for more resources. 